The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello, and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and thank you for being here. It's good to be with all of you whenever you're listening to this show, and I appreciate your time and feel happy to be with you. Our show begins today with another story, a conversation that I had with Merlin about chivalry and honor. And we begin our discussion, actually we continue our discussion from last week, talking about the first quality of chivalry, what legendaries need to develop. They do need to develop chivalry within themselves to build character. We'll be talking about what chivalry is. Character is so essential for visionary leaders to have in order to find real happiness within themselves. And for those of you leaders who will be leading others at work or in your own groups, Character is a key component to successfully lead others into the new world that is coming. And that first step, the first quality of character that Merlin taught Arthur was honor. How to be honest with himself and how to honor others. Last week, we focused on honor as I shared a direct story from the Merlin Arthur legacy that Lazarus told us as channeled by Jack Purcell of Concept Synergy. Today, I'll share a conversation that I had with Merlin about chivalry and honor and my, in my morning meditation. And later in this hour, we'll continue our discussion from last week with our guest, Amy Waters, a certified holistic health coach and author of Sweet Healing, Free Your Body from Sugar Cravings and Nourish Yourself with Divine Dessert. <clears throat> we'll be talking about what nurturing ourselves really means today, and we'll deepen our discussion about the that inner critic parent, the critical parent, and that indulgent parent that you both, or that you might have met last week if you were on the show, in our show, those two voices that are inside of us that keep us flip-flopping between overindulgence and self-criticism when it comes to food or any kind of addiction. Those two voices often rob us from ever finding that nurturing adult presence that Amy talks about in her book, that presence that is inside of each of us. So today we're going to be working with that nurturing presence and 
that that voice that each of us is looking for to lead us out of that crazy making pattern of flip flopping. So in the brain tip today, we're going to Amy is going to help us. She'll be sharing with us a powerful process that Amy created to show you how you can genuinely break free of that flip-flopping between overindulgence and self-criticism, and you'll find connection to the part of you that is longing to be nurtured, and then you'll find the nurturing adult presence in you that knows exactly how to nurture you. We will be taking live calls today to hear your questions and comments. I really hope that you will call in. I am determined today to not run out of time and take your calls, so grab a pen and if you are interested in calling in, please have this number handy. That's 1-866-472-5795. 866-472-5795. A lot of wonderful information and fun today, so stay tuned. But first, a story. I come into the fairy realm this morning through the spinning mirror in my safe place. I can see a light fog hovering close to the ground. The sun is shining through the dew and fog, creating dazzling rainbows everywhere that catch my breath. There are strong smells of spring and a lightness in the air that wasn't here the last time I came. I hear many birds calling, and there is more greenery all around. I notice a bright patch of yellow flowers in the grass, And as I move toward them, I see Merlin sitting on a stump with both of his hands on his staff, staring at the flowers with intensity. He looks up and smiles at me, and with a wave of his hand, the yellow flowers lift off the forest floor and turn into a small cloud of yellow butterflies with orange-tipped wings that take flight. Merlin nods at me, and I come over to greet him. I've been sick with the flu, I tell him, and he nods again. I get the feeling that he's been with me through the illness, helping me through some level of transformation. It's a joy to be with him again. How is the radio show going, he asks me. Surprised that we can talk about such things, I say, fine. Uh, Thank you for asking. There are many people who like to hear about you. He smiles, delighted that I'm sharing our conversations with others. Merlin, I'm just starting to talk about chivalry, I say. The word sounds so outdated in our world. People use the word chivalry when men open doors for women. They say chivalry is not dead, and that's about it. And we both smile. Merlin says, well, chivalry isn't like the picture books in your world. It's not like those picture books say. It's not about doing deeds to prove yourself or doing great deeds for others alone. Chivalry is about developing a pure relationship with oneself It's acknowledging that there is a relationship that one can have with oneself, and that relationship matters. Developing a more honorable relationship with oneself is a challenge that is ever-evolving and always changing. It's the most exciting work one can do in one's lifetime, and a part of the great work he smiles, looking into my eyes in such a way that I feel a shudder in my body and a strong desire to be the best that I can be. Will you tell me how you taught Arthur chivalry? I know when you left him with Sir Ector and his family that you would come periodically to be with Arthur and to teach him. How did you teach Arthur about honor, I ask? 
A character begins with honesty and being honest with yourself. Honest about those things that are going on in your life, Merlin says. There may be times when it it isn't appropriate to be fully honest with others, but you do no service to yourself ever by lying to yourself. That's just That just keeps you caught in a delusion of what you think is going on. Honesty with yourself, that is the first step to building character with oneself. Why is it so important to build character within oneself, I ask? Character is like a compass, Merlin tells me. It gives you direction. It gives you answers when you're lost and you don't know what to do. It shows you the way and always leads you to higher ground, where life is more beautiful, more fulfilling, and more successful in the genuine meaning of the word success. Success isn't just about accomplishing goals, you know. It's more about who you become in the process of achieving your goals that matters. I pause to let that in, feeling honored to be having this discussion with such a wise friend. And honoring others, well, that means to be open and willing enough to let those who are worthy of being honored, to allow them to have impact to change you. Merlin stands and looks up into the trees. His, his strange eyes seem to, to see through everything. And then answering a question he is having with a crow on a branch, he grins and he says yes, nodding to the bird who is looking at him, who has received his answer and takes flight. How did you teach honor to Arthur, I ask? I'd have discussions with honor, with Arthur, about the importance of, of honesty and how essential it is to having a happy life. Merlin shows me a game that he played with Arthur, a gentle sword play with sticks where Merlin would have discussions with Arthur and see where the boy wasn't fully being honest with himself. And Merlin would ask him questions to probe deeper. Then holding his stick firmly against Arthur's stick and meeting his eyes, he would ask him, what is truer than that? And Arthur, using his strength to hold his stick firmly against Merlin's stick and looking deeply into the old man's eyes, would answer with deeper honesty. Merlin said he would laugh with joy at Arthur's honesty and that the boy was thrilled by this game. It was easy to see how Arthur learned to honor Merlin by allowing allowing him to have impact to change his way of thinking and being. Merlin shows me how this was the beginning of how they came to love and to respect one another. After a pause, I ask him, how may I be more honest with myself, Merlin? He looks at me and says, I see you look tired. You're pushing yourself, hmm? Yes, I am pushing myself. I'm, I'm trying not to, but I can't help it with all of the work I need to get done. I can't help it, he says. I, I guess I can help it. Okay, so that's one place that I'm not being honest with myself. I, I can help it. I just want to achieve that work I'm pushing myself to do. And with a twinkle in his eye, Merlin says, Are you having fun? I laugh and say, No, I'm not. At times I'm having fun, but I feel heavy with with not having fun. He says, We can't have that. And he jumps up, he takes my hand and starts walking through this woodland path very quickly. The woods are darker all of a sudden. I can't imagine where we're going. He takes me to the edge of a river and there is a small wooden boat there. He gets in and he tells me to get in. And he says, now, just lie back. And all of a sudden, there are full pillows that are very comfortable behind my back. Lie back and just relax. We begin to float down the stream together. 
Merlin is paddling from the back of the boat, and I'm looking at the trees overhead and relaxing, and I can't see what what is ahead. To be continued next time. Welcome back. I'm I'm very excited about something that's going to happen on April 16th, and I'm going to be giving you all a free phone call that I, I've designed for you. And on this call, I'm going to take you on a journey to help you find exactly whatever it is that's blocking you or holding you back or keeping you stuck from getting on with whatever you want. I designed this free call to help you get unstuck and get focused on whatever it is that you truly want, something that really matters to you. Would you like to join me on that call? I hope so. All you have to do is go to www.findpeacenow.com and sign up today. You'll have a choice between two days and times for the call, so it should fit into anyone's schedule. So please join us. Sign up at www.findpeacenow.com. And also, I've got a big surprise coming up in the week of April 21st. Just to tell you, I can't tell you too much about it. I I suggested it last week. It is a bit of a surprise that I'm going to keep. But I will say this. It is the culmination of my life's work. And if you're interested in understanding more about that and you want to join me in that, then please be on that call. It's very exciting. And you won't want to miss that call. We're here with our guest from last week in part two of our discussion on nurturing ourselves and breaking free from addiction to sugar. Amy Waters is a certified holistic health coach from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and founder of the longevityrecipe.com, where she offers gluten-free recipes and guidance to help others craft a self-nurturing way of being and a relationship with food that serves their vitality, lasting health, and happiness. Amy recently authored Sweet Healing for Your Body from Sugar Craving and Nourish Yourself with Divine Desserts. Amy lives with her husband, Philippe, and a little dog, Emma, in Novato, California. Yes, welcome. It's so good to be with you again. Thank you. Yeah, same here. It's such a pleasure. I loved your story. I love that you're talking about honor because that's really is what really what we're going to be talking about more fully. So beautiful, beautiful, um, intriguing story. Well, it's it's kind of a beginning, and it was a bit longer. The meditation went longer, but um, you know, Mer- Merlin busted me, so to speak. <laughs> and then with I said, well, I must be honest. Is what it's about? It's about my being tired and pushing myself, and and kind of exhausting myself with work. And I bet other people can relate to that. And sometimes I just try to push it. So this couldn't be a more pertinent call today to talk about nurturing ourselves. So I'm so excited to be with you, honey. Wonderful. Oh, me too. Uh, me too. I just It's such an important conversation, I think, for us all, really, to, to spend the time on really what does nurturing mean and what does it not mean. I think we're real familiar with what it doesn't mean. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about that. Make that distinction for us. So let's start that. What, what doesn't nurturing mean? I mean? The way that many of us have it wired or the way we think about it. What, what, what is not working in our ideas about nurturing? <laughs> yeah, I think... There's a lot to say there. I think what well, we've already mapped out are the two two most common voices that I think we that I call the the imposters, uh, which is the indulgent voice, which is that voice that just says, "Hey, you know, you deserve it." I mean, you know, say to you, Maria, Maria, you know, just just forget your work, just go, you know, drink, eat that that 
that pint of Hagen Doss, you know, just take the day off and just forget about everything, you know. And that can sound very nurturing because mm-hmm. that might be something you need to do is rest. But when it comes from the nurture, from the adult, or I'm sorry, from the indulgent voice, it really doesn't have a real connection to what that is giving you. So in other words, it's actually not connected to a future self that is, that is really holding your most brilliant future. It's just saying, ah, forget about it, who cares? It's uncaring. Whereas a nurturing voice in that same scenario might say, you know, honey, you need a rest. You, need, you do need to put things down, and you need to replenish. You need to get back in touch with what matters to you, to your heart, to fulfill yourself. And if you do need to eat a treat, that's fine. But really look at, is that going to be for your best interest? Is it going to knock your energy out? It's going to have more conversation. It's going to be holding your greatest good, your, mm-hmm. your future in its, in its heart. And it's going to keep reflecting back that. It's going to nudge you towards a more beautiful future. You know, I think that's, that's a really indulgent. good point. I think that's a good yeah. point, Amy, because when, when the overindulgent uh, voice or that, yeah, that overindulgent voice comes in and it says, oh, just take off, or oh, don't do that, it does want to derail you from some of the dreams yeah. that you really have in a, in a non-nurturing way. It really does, and it's, it's a way to sort of, and when you feel into the energy, the resonance of it, it feels very um, irresponsible, it feels careless. It feels in a lot of ways that sort of adolescent energy that um, just wants to, you know, be, um, you know, irresponsible and free yeah. and not have yeah. any, any authority for its own reality. Mm-hmm. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's a critical voice that sometimes then people then swing over to because they think, oh, okay, so I just need more, more uh, command, more demand. And they actually confuse the critical voice with you know, with discipline versus deprivation. So the critical voice will actually deprive you and will say, okay, no more fun for you. You know, you've had enough fun, you've had enough, especially when it comes to diet. It's like you've eaten enough, now you've got to starve yourself. Um, You've got to get on this restrictive diet. You better well exercise, you know, regularly. And when you do stray, you feel you get punished. You're always feeling like you're, you're reaching towards an ideal that you'll never meet. And that you'll just sometimes, you'll just sort of maintain. So you might get to a place where, okay, I'm, I'm doing okay, but you'll never feel the exuberance. You'll never feel the honoring of your life with a critical voice going on. Um, and eventually, inevitably, you will swing back to the indulgent because you can't stay in that state of, of critical parent. You just can't. You're going to burst. And so yeah. you're going to go back to the indulgent. I think it's Im- it's important to talk about what true discipline is because in many yeah. ways you think you're disciplining yourself. Okay, I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to stop eating this. I'm going to do this and make all these to-do lists, you know, like New Year's resolutions. But in truth, there there's just such a critical kind of mean edge to it. So real yeah. discipleship. Yeah. I think I remember somebody saying that discipline was, was this idea like as a disciple, not necessarily in the religious context, but to be true to one's higher nature, to, to in a sense uh, show up with some kind of regularity to that. And what, what, what do you think about discipline, yeah. Amy? Yeah, I sort of hold discipline as structures, self-designed structures that you've designed that will support your, your, the, your most brilliant future. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
so if you remember what you're what what you're going for, like if you really do if if, if weight is the issue, which is I don't recommend it being the issue, but if you know you want to you know heal an illness or you want to get stronger in your life, you want to feel more energy in your life, then you design structures that will support that. Which means okay, let's get off sugar. Number one, that's very important. <laughs> if you want more energy, get off of sugar. But do it from a place of because I want more energy, because I want a fuller life, I want more vitality. Not because, you know, it's bad and wrong and, you know, you, you, you're just, you're an idiot if you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's, that's the critical voice. So it's, it's really being in touch with what are the structures that are supporting that new future that you're going for. Well, I, I think I've never, I never thought about it as clearly as this, as you're saying, where the overindulgent parent voice in us really is all about just don't be responsible. And we use it as yeah. an excuse to, to kind of avoid what we think is being responsible. And then the other side is, well, then we'll just be punishing and critical of ourselves. And neither one is, is ever supporting us. No, neither one is actually responsible, really. Neither yeah. one is really... Um, supporting, obviously, you know, who you really are. Neither one has a vision for you, and neither one will actually get you to that place of, of a healed, more vital self. It's, it's, they're both dead ends. That's, that's the seesaw everybody's talking about and why diets yeah. often don't work anyway, but that's important. And, and finding the way through that, Amy, I mean, I know you have answers to that. So let's talk about that. What is, what is tr- genuine nurturing of ourselves? Well, you know, this has been such a process for me because, gosh, I've spent so much of my life on that seesaw. And when I finally, you know, decided that punishing myself... Um, was simply too painful. It was simply too painful. And that life meant more to me than that. You know, that my life was a gift and it was to be honored and cherished. And so when I put all of that down, I put my swords down, I put my my fear if I didn't do these, you know, very demanding things, if I didn't, you know, deprive myself the fear that, oh my God, okay, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be very uncontrolled, you know, because I, I was used to controlling myself rather than trusting myself, rather than trusting that I could make the right decisions. I could fumble and fall and, and then be able to forgive myself. I could find my way. And, and that's really at the heart of it, is being able to know you can trust yourself and knowing that there is a guide inside of you that is wiser, that is truer, um, that knows you and knows your heart and knows what you need. Um, you have to quiet yourself in order to hear her. Mm-hmm. And it is your nurturing adult presence. It's it's a it's a quiet voice, and it's but it's a very powerful one. And, it, and she's always always with you. But you do have to stop to listen. Yes, absolutely. Well, we want to hear more qualities about that. Uh, we're going to be taking a break in just a couple minutes here. But start off with telling us a few qualities of the nurturing self. How, yeah, how can we recognize her in, our, in ourselves? And of course, male for it doesn't have to be female, but for men, it could be a male nurturing voice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, first of all, the nurturing the nurturing voice in you will have a vision for you. So you'll have a sense of the resonance is going to feel very different than say, the indulgent, it's going to have a, a bigger, more beautiful resonance. And that resonance is, is, is going to hold this vision that, wow, of possibility. So you're already going to feel hope in, this, in the sense of presence. She will never make demands on you. 
not, but she will nudge you. She'll ask you to look. Is that something you want to do? Is that serving your highest good right now? Is this the right time? Maybe, you know, wait. There's a place in which there's a gentleness, yet there's also a wisdom in her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it does take slowing down. And some people will say, okay, well, that sounds like my intuition. And yeah, it's, it's very connected with your intuition. It is that, that, that place in our gut. That's why I do relate it to, you know, the, the beautiful bacteria that's in there too is part of that nurturing presence because that we're all working in concert to be alive to go for our vitality. So that nurturing mm-hmm. presence will never, never punish you, never make demands on you and won't hurt you. Um, what will forgive you and does trust you to make the, the right decisions. And, and if you don't, she'll still be there for you, and she'll help you learn whatever you needed to learn from whatever that mistake that was. What an important distinction, too. When you can't trust yourself, you're going to just try and control yourself. And isn't that the truth? And here is a place to really lean in. You know, I've noticed that with all the inner voice work that I do, that the the ones we most want to follow are the quieter ones that are in the background, that you have to actually be with and be still to hear, where all the noisy ones are right up front. You know, what should I do? Do this, do that. It's like, watch out. (laughs) We're going to... We're going to be talking about that. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. But for all of you out there, when you come back, we've got an exciting process. Amy's going to talk about where you can actually find that part that is craving nurturing inside and the process to really work more deeply with this nurturing adult presence that really has your vision and your best future in mind. So stay tuned. We'll be back just after this break. Join Maria Danley for a free in-depth call where you'll learn how to get unstuck and get focused on what you really want. Go to www.findpeacenow.com and sign up today so you don't miss this rare opportunity. Trying to stay focused and get things done in a fast-paced world with information overload is difficult for everyone. It's easy to lose sight of your priorities, get stuck, or find yourself spinning at times with too much to do. In this free call with Maria, you'll learn exactly what to do to get unstuck, get back in your power, and get focused on what really matters to you. Maria Danley, a California-certified medical intuitive, transformational life coach, and energy healer with over 20 years of experience in health, wellness, and transformation, has helped thousands of people worldwide. Join Maria for this free, powerful, transformational process and get unstuck now so you can get focused on what you really want. Go to www.findpeacenow.com and sign up today. You are listening to Legendary Leaders with Maria Danley. To receive the answer to your most burning question, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Now, let's return to Legendary Leaders. Welcome back. We're talking about how to find that nurturing presence inside. And the number, 818-664-725795, you'll have a chance to ask Amy some questions about whatever seesaw you're on or nutrition or anything we're talking about. So please call in. We'll be taking uh, callers shortly. But for right now, Amy is going to help us with a process. How how can people out there find, uh, go through this shift of image that we all have around nurturing? What does that even mean, the relationship with nurturing and having a new image around that, Amy? 
Yeah, well, yeah, first understand that we all do. We already have an, a, a relationship with, um, with nurturing and how, how well we do it. And, you know, do we allow ourselves, you know, a little bit of time here and there, a spa treatment there? You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a nurturing adult presence that's with you every day, all day, with every decision and guides you. So it's not just about taking a little break or vacation here. It's about accessing this part of you, and we all have a relationship with that part of ourselves. And so what this process is going to do is help us reveal where we are currently, and then it will allow us to recreate, literally reimagine um, what, what, our, what we want for ourselves. And it will, a little give you a little hint here, it will, that new image will be connected to something you most wanted as a child. But mm. there's more to say about that later. Mm. So shall I shall I go ahead? Yes, and begin? please go into it. We want and we do want to hear eventually what what your experience of that was. Yes, please take oh, us. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Well, first of all, there is writing involved um, because again, to listen to, to be able to hear those those voices, those feelings, those inklings, we have to slow down enough. And when we put pen to paper, it's where we can access those feelings more, most readily. We can't really do it with just our thoughts and feelings. We literally have to write them down. There's a magic that happens when you actually write. And so the first exercise is to really just freeform write. Ask yourself, what is your relationship with nurturing? What is your current relationship with nurturing? Are you self-indulgent? Are you, do you swing to critical? Do you allow yourself little bits of nurturing here and there when you're tired or sick or... You know, what is your current relationship? How full does it feel? How lacking does it feel? And really, let's just write with just abandon. Just don't, don't even censor it. Don't even worry about grammar. So do that for as long as you feel like it's, it's, you need to. And then when it's complete, you'll know. And then what you do is you take that, that freeform writing, read it over, and really look for the things that pop out and distill that writing, that page or whatever it is, into one paragraph. If you had to just distill it into one or two sentences, three sentences, what would it say? Again, you're looking for just those things that pop out. Then what you're going to do is you're going to distill it down into one sentence. If you just had just one sentence to say, what is your relationship with nurturing currently? What, what is it? Can you give and an example? Could, that. You, could you give an example what that might, one sentence might be like? Just, you know, you've written a whole paragraph. Oh, okay. I, um, uh, I, I, nurturing is, uh, is, is something that is completely, you know, uh, alien to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it could just be one sentence. Mm-hmm. Or I let my, I nurture myself only when I'm sick. Or mine could be, I um, don't have time to nurture myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to nurture myself. Mm-hmm. That would be it, right? Yeah. So then you distill that to one word. Like if one word were to actually encapsulate that feeling, it would maybe it would be despair. Maybe it would be mm. sad. Maybe mm. it would be um, disconnected. And so what you do is you find that one word, and then you find you know, a few more words to really, you know, supporting words. Let's say say it is despair, then it's also maybe another word would be lonely. Another word would be, you know, sad or depressed. And then you decide, you, you look at those words and you say, no, I'm no to this. No, 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 no. Because during this process, you will have found a lot of insight as to what what you're doing, and you're saying, no, I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. 
I'm not going to feel lonely. I'm not going to be depressed. And you're going to forgive whatever part of yourself that you, that you un- unearthed. And I can give you an example of that. When I was doing my process, um, which surprised me, because I've done a lot of rewriting and I've done a lot of processes in my, my life and uh, my journey. And so I, uh, I thought, well, I'm pretty good with nurturing, but I sat down and I realized as I started to write that there was this little, this little voice way, way back inside of me that was uh, resisting something that I could feel wasn't wanting to come out into the open. It was way in the back. And it was um, this feeling of fear and uh, being feeling very threatened. And I realized that my relationship with nurturing was great when I was tired, when I needed a break. I didn't even have to get sick. But if I just really needed time to just replenish, I gave that to myself. But I did not really give myself, I didn't feel the freedom to nurture myself when I was feeling fantastic or full of energy. It's like, nurture mm-hmm. myself. No, I've got to get to work. That's kind of how I related um, mm. to my to my whole nurturing presence. That mm-hmm. you know that, that I can't just nurture myself just just for fun. And as I as I continue to write, I realize that where this was coming from was really my relationship with my mother, and that my mother was a mother of six children and very tired, and she never let herself nurture herself. And so, being the youngest, I really did. As a way to love her, I, I said to her uh, <laughs> very unconsciously that I wouldn't um, nurture myself either, that I wouldn't have fun either. I wouldn't enjoy my life either, not fully, not to its fullest. Um, as a way to love her, as a way to support her, I would collude with her. And, um, and when I really, and it's not that I hadn't seen that before, but I hadn't seen it in the context of how I was nurturing myself, how I was mm. giving to myself on a daily basis. So when I could really see that, I could really just say, no, no more. I don't need to continue this legacy with my mother. No more. I can forgive her. I can let her go, and I can love her in other ways. I don't have to deprive and hurt myself in order to love her. And I could also feel she really was happy to be forgiven and for me to forgive myself so it could all just be released. And when I said the no and I you know, tore up the paper and I burned it, I could feel this whole release in my chest. Every, something was different. I could feel something had been released. So then what you do is you sit down, um, and you can take a break. You don't have to do this all, say, in one you know, three-hour stint or anything. I found it was nice to sort of take a break and really let that release and, and integrate it and came, come back to it in a few hours. Within a 24-hour period is a good, good time frame. So then I sat down and I, and I picked a word, what really, what nurturing meant to me. I picked actually five words that really spoke to what does nurturing mean to me, you know, to me specifically. And I had several. And the one that popped out for me was the word playful. Um, playful to me in my adult really meant a lot to me as a child. What I didn't realize, what, it's what I always wanted as a child was to, to play. I actually wanted to play with my mom, but I never really felt I could ask for that or I never even could articulate that because it just wasn't part of our, she was too busy. And I, I didn't know that that was even something I wanted because was, I was literally right in front of my face. It wasn't something I, I realized I wanted until I was older. And it's really, it's so much a part of who my spirit is. So the word playful really encapsulates what nurturing means to me. And so I, I took that word and I turned it into a sentence. And then I flushed it out into a paragraph. 
And then I let myself freeform write about what uh, playfulness means to me and how it actually fosters my creativity. I feel a sense of freedom. I actually feel more responsibility. I feel the excitement of taking responsibility. I feel more power. And um, so it actually started to embody in my, in my, in my chest this whole feeling mm. of playfulness. And then what you do is you you really let yourself stand in this new image. You still sort of breathe it in. You've read it. You breathe it in, and you claim it. You know, you say you may. You know, you, you say this is this is my new image. I'm I'm bringing in playfulness. I, my spirit is this is the word of playfulness. And then you, in order to make it real, to keep it making it real, is write it down. You can put it in a. Um, you can simply just write a a big heart and write your word and you can write all the different supporting words and post that all over your house to just help it be just a little gentle reminder is one way that you can you can make this new image more real. That's beautiful. So in a recap of that process, to change your image around, you nur- you're nurturing yourself right now if you're having trouble with self-criticism or overindulgence as being the way to deal with nurturing, which most of the planet is doing. You can just write about what would it be like to be nurturing yourself in uh, uh, several paragraphs, distill mm-hmm. that to one paragraph, to one sentence, to one word, and then have some, you said some supporting words, like about five five words or so, Amy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One yeah. pops out, and then from there you say no, 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 and you feel yourself letting that go. And within 24 hours later, you turn this around now, and you, you, you. How do you get that next word again? The the positive word. Well, you you pick a word. You find a word that says it for you, because you know what it isn't now. You've already gone through the process that you don't. You know, I'm not going to be scared anymore. In my case, I'm not going to live my life being scared. So yeah. what would be the antithesis of fear for me, for being scared? And for me, it was the word playfulness. And you'll know, there'll be a word that will pop out. Once you get rid of it, will, let it be magical, you know. Once you get rid of what is, is there, there's going to be an open space. And that voice will, will bubble up, and you'll find words that well, really that, matter that, to you. You know, that's so beautiful. And as you say it, boy, I, you know, I've said before, Amy is, is one of my best friends and uh, <laughs> I can relate to everything you're saying. And I feel like crying hearing you talk about it. But you said you were craving to be playful with your mom and she didn't yeah. have time for you. And, you know, we all have that place in ourselves where some part of us shut ourselves down and said, okay, I'm not going to nurture myself either to be like mom or because it's not allowed or whatever that might be. But how profound this is, Amy, to give us this wonderful way now to develop this new relationship and new image with ourselves around nurturing. So then we can step forward and get Amy's book, for example. <laughs> I mean, this her book is beautiful. And we were talking earlier and I, I said, Amy, what's something yummy they can do to <clears throat> really nurture themselves and uh, at the same time, you know, feel a treat, but just really be growing that new, that new, uh, what do you call it? The new bacteria in the gut, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you, you spoke about that berry dish. You want to share that? Or at least oh, sure. tell people yeah, where they well- can find it. Yeah, I do have, um, as Maria had mentioned, I do have a website called thelongevityrecipe.com where I do offer free recipes uh, monthly. I, I'm sending out recipes on my newsletter, but there's a blog there, a food and recipes blog, where I post um, just various recipes, not just treats, but soups and salads and things. And um, just a real simple, sweet treat that you can start with is uh, what I call my superberry sorbet, 
and, you know, maybe some of you have already done something similar. I obviously am putting the cultured foods in there because obviously the, the digestion really needs that to process the sugars. But it, this is just a refreshing, delicious cleansing treat that you can make in just a matter of minutes. Well, that sounds but you can, great. So you can find it on my website. If you search for Superberry Sorbet right on the home page, it will take you right there. Great. Well, we're going to continue this discussion, Amy. I just want to still ask anybody who'd like to call in, now is the time. Please call 866-472-5795. And while we're waiting for our first caller, Amy, tell us more about your upcoming program. I know you're going to give us uh, a, a program, yeah. right? <clears throat> yes, yes. I Well, I've... Uh, you know, obviously, I put everything that I, the program is really in the book, but what I have found is that people really, really like to have their personal questions answered and to be able to be taken hand by hand, you know, through the process of making specifically the cultured foods, because um, it can feel a little strange and you're wondering if you're doing it right, and um, so I've designed a class that's coming up in May. It's a really very accessible class. It will be two hour and a half classes with a week in between, so it's May 14th from 3 to 4.30 and May 28th from 3 to 4.30. And in between, of course, you'll have videos to watch. There will be more recipes that are not in the book that will be um, offered. And you'll be part of, you know, a class where you can ask all of your questions. And so by the end of the class, you will be confident. You will have made your, some cultured foods, and you'll be well on your way to healing your digestive system and certainly freeing yourself from, from the sugar cravings. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, making that my first, getting my first, uh, let's say getting going on making my first coconut kefir. Well, now it's my very favorite drink and I'm making it all the time. Very simple. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of these things seem so uh, daunting. If anyone out there would like to give us a call, Amy or me, please call Amy. This is a rare opportunity to get some some questions answered. If you're having any trouble with either your digestion or food in general or this whole aspect of nurturing yourself, please call us at 866-472-5795. And we'd love to hear from you. So tell us, Amy, while we're waiting for our first caller, a little bit more about, about your book. Like what, I know that, that the book is filled with luscious recipes <clears throat> of, of, yes, divine desserts, but that whole beginning, we, we spoke about the, how toxic sugar is last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And tell us a little bit more about what it is to really start shifting your whole relationship with nurturing that your book is about. Yeah, because what's, what's so important, what's hard to fathom, first of all, is to not, if you are addicted to sugar, even in minor ways, it could be that you're just addicted to alcohol, um, which is also sugar, that it's hard to fathom a life without that because um, <laughs> your body is so out of balance and it's been, and it, you're not, you, you don't have an experience your body being in balance. I know that was a big re- revelation for me that when you do heal yourself of the physical cravings, so in other words, you get rid of those physical cravings through eating the cultured drinks and vegetables, you'll be amazed at the flavors you suddenly like. Um, you'll be amazed at the foods you now suddenly want to eat, that you yearn to eat. I, I call them more like, more than, rather than sugar cravings, I call them food yearnings because they're just something that you want to fulfill yourself. And it's real food that you're going to be yearning for. It's it's real nutrients, real mineral-rich food. Um, so the absolute number one thing to do is to, is to cleanse first and then replenish. And, of course, there's the key step in, on, in number two 
to really heal the emotional aspect is also key because you're going to start to to feel a little lost if you don't. Once you've healed the physical cravings, you're going to need that uh, more of a tether to this brighter future, and that emotional piece is so key. But it's time; it'll be time to do it. Mm. And then, so by then, by the time you get to chapter three, you'll be learning all about nutrient-rich foods, and then how to construct your own personal diet. Um, this is not a diet book; it's really for people to find their own diet that works for them. But I offer, you know, a good guide to follow. And then, of course, Chapter 4, you'll get to make your own really nourishing, delicious treats that don't damage your cells, that don't cause inflammation, but that are really satisfying and um, really healing. What, what were some of the, the foods you started yearning for when you, when you cleaned up your gut? What, what, was, what was something new for you that you didn't know you would be yearning for? Well, one of the things I really, you know, I, I, I always deprived myself of quite a bit was um, fats um, because I thought fat would make me fat. And so I found myself really loving to eat um, fatty uh, foods. Um, <laughs> when I say fatty, I mean um, like coconut oil uh, treats or um, <laughs> I like to make these ice creams that are packed with nutrients um, they're sweet, but they're not as sweet as, say, uh, as anything you would buy on the market. Um, I also, I absolutely love the tang and tart of, of the, ve- the cultured vegetables. I, I actually yearn for those every day. I have to have my cultured vegetables every day, and I drink the kefir straight. I don't even add stevia to it anymore. Um, so I found that my flavors, this, the sweetness that I was always wanting, it's not. It's, it's so much more balanced now with tart and with sour, um, which I think is a natural thing that does happen when you start mm-hmm. to balance your body. Mm-hmm. I know that you I've said been. You started to crave. You started to crave the coconut kefir too. Oh, I have been, and um, the other things I've been craving are kale. Uh, like I love roasting kale. Um, I'm finding mm, it just. Yeah. I, I make a plate of, um, you know, big. What do you call it? Cookie sheet of roasted kale and it's so good I, I eat the whole the whole the, my body is craving it it'll eat the whole sheet of, of of kale in one go or um which if you told me before you were really going to be craving kale I would say hardly no, um, it's and, and, and I've noticed one. yeah right and raw walnuts too they're t- sometimes I just go oh my body really wants those so I yeah, I will yeah. find you know I'll move to different different uh different things that I'm loving as I said I love your recipes I love your muffins and I'm, I'm actually have to watch that a little bit and go more into the dehydrated foods. Folks, if you want to call in, maybe I've trained you all really well out there with all my promises for you to call in and then my not answering. But I would love it if you do want to call in, your last chance probably, 1-866-472-5795. I never have trouble talking with Amy. That's always going to be a treat, but uh, (laughs) you can call in at this time. I do want to underline something because it's been key to everything we've been saying here, and it's about you developing, all of you folks out there, and you can see how much I need to, developing um, a deeper connection with the nurturing adult presence inside. And I know when I have worked with that voice in the past, it is a quiet voice, and, and you may want to just take that into meditation if, if you don't immediately go straight into the process that Amy gave us today. Next time you are in meditation, you can get quiet and surround yourself with silence and 
and just say, I call in that nurturing presence, the one that ha- that sees my future, the one that can guide me, that can show me how to nurture myself, and begin a conversation just by calling them in at first and, and hearing some voices come running in and just say, no, that's that you can feel it in the vibration of the voice. So much of the voice work I do, you can feel, is this voice, is this presence friendly? Is it nurturing? Or is it really kind of pushy, edgy, irritable? And... Um, Sometimes we can get into loops where those voices are all that we're hearing. So this is a tremendous gift to yourself, to be eating these beautiful foods and then to be really daily. I'm going to tune to what my this gentle, nurturing presence wants to say to me today. And you might be surprised how and, much and I they love, love you. Yeah, there. yeah I, because sometimes you're going to just, all you are going to feel is the irritation. You're not going to feel, you're not going to know, you're not going to be able to feel that, that nurturing presence, what, the net, what a nurturing presence would do is just be with the irritation and just, okay, mm-hmm. let's just witness. Mm-hmm. Let's just witness this, this irritable, grouchy, I, you know, craving, whatever it is, and just witness it. Just be with it and not do anything about it. That's, sometimes that's the way the nurturing presence will just will present itself. It's just by the energy of being. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to, you won't actually hear any other voice other than a more negative voice. And that's actually kind of the first step. It's just bringing awareness to what's already there. That's such an interesting point. I know it works that way, too, with our feelings. When we get our feelings backed up, that it's key just to sit and to be present and let the feelings flow. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about the future, and um, so much about the future is unknown. We're all heading out there. That's why I like to call all of you out there legendary leaders that do your inner work. But I think that what's part of what is going to be more, let's say, present in the future is that it will be so much less about the doing, even though many of us are caught up in doing, I include it for sure, but less about the doing and more about receiving. And it is hard to really kind of unplug from that doing mentality, push, push, doing mentality, and move more into the quiet, the receiving, and the, 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 that just presence of being quality. It's, it's yes, kind of absolutely. foreign in our world. <laughs> oh, it's so needed. And the thing about it is that people hear that, I know I do, whenever I hear that, I go, yeah, well, you know, things do still need to get done, you know. But the point is, is it's not about not doing, too, because when you really come from a place of being, what you're going to find is you start to just feel yourself being motivated by a certain kind of grace that you know, if you need to rest, that's where you're going to be called to do. To, to That's what you need to do, and you need to let go and stop. And then there's going to be that, that grace that comes where you're really fired up and you're ready to get going. There's a creativity, but you're still in a state of beingness. I love but that. you're coming from such a different place with it. It's not a slave-driving kind of energy. It's, it's one where you feel inspired. It's one where you feel, you know, hopeful and connected to this brilliant future you're going for. That's beautiful. Um, well, we, yeah. we do have a caller, um, Amy. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask hey, Kate. Are you there? Kate from New York is on the line. And if you have a question. Hi, Kate. I have a quick question. I Hi, was Kate. never one Hello. for ch- Hi. I was never one for sugar whatsoever growing up. Um, now that I'm working on myself and really getting in touch with my feelings, I am inundated with wanting sugar. Every time I turn around, I have to eat it. And I'm allergic to it. I will break oh. out. But my body, if I don't get it, I end up with migraines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. it's driving me 
and, and, and I don't, I can't have, I can't have ice cream, which is my favorite because I'm allergic to so many, I have so many allergies, including, um, milk. So I know I can't have that, but don't put anything chocolate in front of me or any sweet because it will be inhaled without me even eating it. <laughs> so you're having, right, a, so you're having what do you want right. help with today? Do you want help with getting off of that sugar? Yes. Because oh, I don't right. like it. And in fact, after I eat it, I don't like it. I get sick, and it's like, you know what? I shouldn't have done this. And I didn't even know I did it until after I did it. Yeah, exactly. I get it. This is a really, this is, well, what you've got going on here is your body is craving the sugar because it's, 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 it had, there's an imbalance. And so what I would encourage you to do in a very gentle way is to start incorporating cultured foods. Now, do you, do you know what that is? Do you know what I mean by that? No, I don't. No. Okay. Um, well, what I mean by that is um, you can start uh, on my website. There is a recipe for coconut kefir, and there's a recipe there. I would direct you there. You can do a, do a search for coconut kefir, K-E-F-I-R. Okay. You can try making that if you feel very industrious. If you want to do something, if you just want to buy something, you can certainly go to the, the, a good health food store, you know, Whole Foods, and you go to the refrigerated section, and there's going to be cultured uh, vegetables. Do you like sort of pickled vegetables, or have you ever tried like in salads and things like that? I will try it. Try it out, because there is, there is such a creative... Uh, uh, push now for people to do all these different kinds of vegetables. And so you'll go to the refrigerated section. You maybe find some cultured beets or cultured sauerkraut and you want, you want to get it so that it's living. It's got to be in the refrigerated section. We're not talking about jars on the, on shelves. We're talking about in the refrigerated section that are naturally cultured and fermented. You're going to start incorporating one to two tablespoons of cultured vegetables a day. Um, but start actually maybe just doing that three times a week. Start slowly. You might get a little gassy, but that just means that you're cleansing. So just go real slowly. Maybe start with a teaspoon, see how you feel, do a little bit more, you know, two days later, and then until you can move up to two, two, two tablespoons a day. Okay. That, that's really, really helpful. Kate, thank you for calling in, and we have uh, two minutes before the show will be over. So we'll say, uh, Amy, we're going to have to close up here, but everybody go to thelongevityrecipe.com. Please get Amy's book, Sweet Healing. Amy Waters, A-M-E-W-A-T-E-R-S, and go to thelongevityrecipe.com, and you'll hear more about her course and her book. So thank you, Amy. Thank you so much, Maria. It was a delight. Well, that's all the time we have today, and I want to thank everybody for listening. And we all have trouble with staying focused and getting things done sometimes in our fast-paced world. Today, we were learning about how to slow that all down. And it's easy to lose sight of your priorities and get stuck or find yourself spinning at times with too much to do. So I want to invite you all to a free call that I'm going to be giving for you to you for on April 16th and 18th. And when you do, you'll find exactly whatever it is that's blocking you or holding you back or keeping you stuck in the moment. So please go to www dot findpeacenow.com and signed up for that for that free call. Thank you everyone for listening today. It's been a very full and rich day being with you. Thanks for listening to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. It is an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey journey to become the legendary leaders that you're destined to be. And until next week, I send you all my love and best wishes. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week.